Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Forced to go toe-to-toe, blow for blow in a war zone with only stones to throw. Vilified by all sides, vilified for small crimes. Forced to go blow for blow in a war zone with only stones to throw. Goliath. We're going to break. We're going to break. Shad is a hip-hop artist and broadcaster currently based in Toronto, Ontario. One of the most gifted rappers and musicians to ever call Canada home, Shad released his latest and most uncompromising album, A Short Story About a War, via Secret City Records on October 26, 2018. Many months before its release, I met with Shad at his Toronto home, and we talked about his work as the host on the Peabody and Emmy Award-winning series Hip Hop Evolution, his pop detour as your boy, Tony Braxton, the contemporary themes of war, violence, difference, and manhood, on each and every song from a short story about a war, and we talked about many other things as well. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash Control, plus in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, this is the 461st episode of Creative Control, featuring one of the greatest rappers ever, Shad, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Shad, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. It's nice to have you. It's nice to uh, be here with you. And your home is lovely. Thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you. My wife cleaned um, before you came, <laughs> so I can't take uh, credit. It's neat and tidy and Thank lovely. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So I know that what I know mm-hmm. since the last we kind of heard from you as a musician um, 
is that you've been embarking on this very successful career as a journalist, really, as a broadcaster. You yeah. won a Peabody Award for crying out loud. Yeah, that was exciting. Yeah, hip hop evolution has like been really great. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. And and you also did you also your one of your shows, is it the same show that won an Emmy? It did. Yeah. The same show. Same same season one of Hip Hop Evolution. Yeah. That's remarkable. Yeah, it was really, really cool. I thought it had the potential. I mean, you know Rodrigo Bascunin yeah, and yeah. Uh, Darby Wheeler. And when they first brought me in for a meeting about it, I don't know. I left that meeting being like, I think they're going to do a great job. And they did, you know? <laughs> and also I recognized like, oh yeah, there isn't a great document on film about the history of hip hop. Right. So right away I was like, there is an opportunity to do something uh, special. And I think these guys are going to pull it off. And they, and they totally did. So what is the nature of the, for those who don't know, like what mm. is the nature of hip hop evolution? Where, where mm. was it? aired yeah what is your role in it yeah so i i host uh hip-hop evolution so i do the you know the interviews and so basically the first season we didn't know we'd make more but now we're we're making more the first season was uh it, it changed shape during the process but it was basically to document you know the history of hip-hop this this culture that is like and music that's global and worldwide and and so amazing and so the format of it changed during the process, but eventually it, it crystallized into four one-hour episodes. Yep. And what you get is probably not stuff... It, it's it's not like new information. What you get is the history of hip-hop as it's you know been chronicled a lot, but it's just represented really well in a story form. So it's easy for fans of music to just follow this history. Yep. And I think the other great thing about it, probably the, the most important good thing about it, is that it's the people themselves telling the story. So you actually see Cool Herc and Coke Rock and grandmaster flash you know these sem the they are telling you what happened you, you have know? to bring people cakes and stuff don't you yeah 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 that was that was awesome because schoolie d who is considered <laughs> you know the first gangster rapper apparently the story goes he was on the phone with one of our producers uh -huh. and uh they're arranging the interview and he's like yeah but i want some cake and they're like okay well we have a small budget and he's like no 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 <laughs> i want some cake actual cake i want literally cake <laughs> and so you know we thought he was kind of pulling our leg a little bit and so we brought him the cake really nice one with one of his album covers yes, on I it, saw that, yeah. and he opened it and was like okay cool and then <laughs> like proceeded to like yeah okay cool didn't give us any you didn't get to sample the cake he told us that he eats a cake a week that's not healthy. That can't be good for you. No, but he like he actually looks really good for his age. Yeah, he looked fine. Yeah, he looks really, really good for his age. He's like, I eat a cake a week. You got to celebrate life. That's good. It's like I a birthday, like, a weekly birthday cake like, celebration. That's amazing. So you're, yeah. I think of you as a student of culture, music, mm -hmm. what have you. Has this experience shaped you as an artist? Has it shaped your approach to your own music in any way? Because I know you, um, you say it's yeah. historical. Yeah, yeah. It is, a, it is an educational, informational totally. kind of yeah. show. Totally, yeah. I learn a lot through the through the whole thing. I mean, I can't say it's actually affected what I do so much, um, maybe indirectly, but it's just like a wonderful education, though, to really get a sense of this music and how it spread and how music spreads and how genres form. Like, I remember at one point getting this really nice appreciation for 
for hip hop. And this almost is parallel to my own life where, you know, really hip hop started with these people playing these parties in the Bronx and they played certain records. Yeah. And we would recognize all of the breaks from those records and they played certain records and they played them in a certain way. And it made me think of even just like house parties I would have with friends. And it's like, we always play these songs. Always. You know, you're always going to hear these songs. Like these are our songs. And I don't know. It just gave me this deeper understanding of like what, that experience might have been like what culture really is. Yeah. So it, it's been it's been really cool. But I don't know if it's really affected my music. Okay. Yeah. So you have really how when's the last time you released uh music into the world by your reckoning? So that would have been twenty sixteen. So not that, that been, long ago. Not that way. long ago. But that was that was a totally different thing. That was your boy. Yeah. That's yeah. oh that's right. That's yes. Tony uh, what was it, Tony Braxton? Yeah, it was your boy Tony, Tony Braxton. Your boy Tony Braxton, yeah. yeah. That was like the latest, like yeah, like full thing, but that's I've right. done collaborations. And I stuff, totally but. blanked on Tony Braxton. Yeah. I was trying to think of you as Shed, because I don't yeah. I thought you I thought there was a thing you had to separate the personas. And well, I don't know if it's like personas, but it's like musically it's so different that it's like it's not a Shad album. Okay, that's what I mean. Yeah. And me? I got I blanked yeah. on. I just totally yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Did you was that received well? Did you think people understood your <laughs> no, I don't think that they understood it, but I don't blame them because it's confusing. <laughs> what was the rationale behind that project exactly? You know what? The rationale was like, I, uh, and, and you would maybe understand this because like you've followed my music yes. you know, for a while. It's like Flying Colors to me felt like the end of something. It felt, it just felt like, what's next? I'm going to still make music, but like. What's you felt next? like you'd completed something. It's almost, almost. What like year? It, what year was Flying that Colors? Was 2013. 2013 was Flying Colors, and then you kind of you were doing other stuff. You had other jobs and all that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think that took up your time, and yeah. then yeah, you appear again. Yeah. as your boy Tony Braxton. Yeah, yeah. More of a pop thing going on. Yeah, I actually started recording that like a lot earlier, um, <laughs> like in like 2014. You know, just a sense of like. Let me try something different. Like, yeah. You know, let me like, I think that happens to everybody at a certain point in life. You kind of like, let me be a learner again. Let me like try something. And that was, that was sort of my first thing of, it's difficult to understand because it's a weird album. I really like it. <laughs> yeah. But it's super weird. Sure. Like it's, it's a tribute. It's almost like a tribute to music that's maybe not even that good. Kind of. What music are you speaking of exactly? Is it the 80s? <sighs> It's R&B, like that. Pop. It's, it's like that eight, 80s borderline 90s. You know, it's like an era that doesn't get referenced very much. Like 1990. <laughs> is there? Do you know a, what I mean? Is there a group or an artist that you might say that you were particularly thinking of? I mean, obviously you named it after Tony Braxton. Yeah, yeah. I I think I was thinking about when I would turn on the radio in grade four, right? And what comes on? And it was a mix of like Janet Jackson and. Uh, brian adams and just this is this is what it was you know what i mean and so when you are nine years old you're like yeah these are my songs yeah this is it this is the soundtrack to 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 my little neighborhood and uh yeah so it was this bit of lightness which Mm -hmm. i find interesting Mm -hmm. um it had a light feel. There was yeah, a bit of levity sure. involved in it. Yeah. You have been working as a broadcaster now, uh, a good uh, journalist, I suppose, uh, is the correct term, really. For Maybe maybe broadcaster. You want to go with broadcaster? Fair. Interviewer? You have been yeah, interviewing yeah. people? Yeah, I just feel like journalist is real. That's like a real... It's a job. That's a serious... You really have to do serious to work. Yeah. But I mean, interviewing people mm-hmm. for well, roughly around five years, four or five I years. G- I guess, yeah, maybe... Uh, 
Yeah, maybe something like so that. So you've had some light conversations probably. Mm-hmm. You've had a lot of heavy conversations. Totally. So I asked earlier about the influence of hip-hop evolution on you as a hip-hop artist. Mm-hmm. But these interviews, these mm-hmm. conversations that you're having with those people, with other, uh, yeah. with other people in your life, how has that altered you as a writer? Because yeah, when we yeah. get to it, the mm-hmm. record we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. to me, has a, is the most serious thing you've done. Mm-hmm. It does seem like a departure from Flying Colors mm-hmm. and anything that came before it. So I hear what you're saying there. But has that, has the world, has talking to people about heavy stuff, has that impacted you as an artist? I think so. I mean, we live in interesting times. We live in interesting times, but we also engage in lots of conversations online, wherever, like we're constantly having conversations about it and processing information about the times. And I think that actually impacts how we relate to the times. Totally, totally. And it impacts, I guess, uh, you know, one way it's probably impacted my music is it's made me think about how we talk to each other about things and how we hear each other. You know, like this album is like rooted in a story that occurred to me a while ago because part of me was interested in, okay, well, maybe a story is a way people can hear something, if that makes sense. Sure. Like, I guess I was thinking about songs I had made before and how they be heard now. So I'm thinking of a song, for example, like Fam Jam. Yeah. And that wasn't even that long ago when that came out, but I feel like people heard that song like me, yes, talking about the world, but also talking about my own experience and you're you're hearing a human being. And I feel like if that song came out now, it would be heard as a kind of declaration about being on a side politically. Because as I recall, mm-hmm. Fam Jam had incorporated aspects of uh, the life of an immigrant, right? Yeah. And this yeah. notion of diaspora and yeah. and migration and, yeah. and traveling and how that impacts a family and how you cultivate a new family and all uh-huh. yeah 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 so, so you know, now that's really under attack well or, or actually I, I just feel like now it would be heard as me sort of speaking some kind of argument yeah, yeah. as opposed to just making a song and trying to represent something more human than than a yeah we're more po- I, polemical or something yeah yeah Yeah. exactly everything is a stance exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) so i guess all those conversations made me think about how can you speak into now Hmm. you know what i mean and 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 be felt so the record is called a short story about a war Mm -hmm. so you've chosen both the notion of a story Mm -hmm. to convey information and what and wondering if that you, I, I gather you're you're saying like how do I convey this and capture it in a way that people will process it in in some way, right? Yeah, like uh, just you know really feel it, like because mm. music's supposed to make you feel, and if people just receive something like ideology, I'm not sure if they're just gonna feel you as a human being. You know what I mean? And there's a few instances on the record, and like we'll get to them as we get to the songs, where there does seem to be that polemical notion of Mm -hmm. two sides of the same Mm -hmm. story or the two perspectives on the same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, so it's in there, but um, yeah, I guess totally it's, it's in there, but overall I was thinking like I had this story that was in my mind several years ago that kind of stayed with me and I thought, Oh, maybe describing the story is a way to, I don't know, 
yeah, to, to speak into now. Okay. Yeah. So talk about that story if you can. Mm-hmm. It's like I say, a short story about a war. You've had this notion in your head for some time. Where did it come from? What is this short story about a war exactly? Yeah. So it's one of these things that just kind of like occurred to me. I don't consider myself a particularly imaginative person, but this story kind of came <laughs> to my like imagination one time. And what it was, was I kind of saw this boy waking up on this desert floor and and suddenly he realizes that it's just war all around him. He hears gunshots. He sees people running and screaming. He feels the fear. And eventually he is like t- taught that, well, this is the scenario. Like everything is a war. Like it's just war everywhere. That's all there is. No one's quite sure why. There are some theories as to why. But anyways, that's what it is. And so here are different people fighting. There's this group. There's that group. They hate them. They hate them. So on and so forth. And out of this story, I I was seeing kind of clear parallels to our world and also to our interior world. So it became something that stayed with me because it was like just this helpful way of understanding the world a little bit and all the different kinds of violence that take place and and these different yeah yeah and so, the so wa- that's the that's the story basically and and oh yeah i forgot a detail <laughs> go ahead uh and, and then there's this one character that that occurred to me in this war who just like basically like picks a bullet off the ground and is sort of smiling like is this what everyone's running away from like this can't hurt you huh you yeah. know he's just like he's incredulous he's just like yeah i don't understand why everyone's running around bullets like these these things can't kill you so you have this naive, it's a naivete? So that's what's interesting to me about that character. Is like, is he right? Is he an idiot? I don't know. Well, what are you getting at there, though? Like, this, there's the whole, like, uh, guns don't kill people. People kill people. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I guess what, what his perspective is, like, th- this violence isn't real. Oh. Like, you guys are shooting at each other with things that can't kill you, like... It, it, it's almost like he sees everyone else is participating in this illusion that's causing so much like fear yes. and uh, tension and anger and violence where as he's like, no, like you have nothing to be, no one has anything to be afraid of. You guys need to. Yeah. I think as, mm-hmm. as we go, we're going to discover that this sort of uh, sense of reality and, and, and empathy, how mm-hmm. the, the role of empathy and mm-hmm. sort of relating to, other people, but also understanding that when you hate someone, mm-hmm. it's because you feel like they hate you. Mm-hmm. Like, or if you fear someone, your fear is maybe rooted in what you perceive as their fear. I don't know. It's confusing. Yeah. It's a confusing time. Yeah, yeah. But there was something. So this this story just like occurred to me. And then I started to see certain parallels. And it made me think more deeply about, yeah, like how much of the violence we participate in. And I think of violence like in a broad sense, you know, Mm. like economic violence and all sorts of violence, like how much of it is based on fear, how much of it is an illusion. And, you know, so, yeah, so I guess overall it, it, it led me to think about violence, all the different kinds of violence and also about peace and like how, what that actually requires. Right. You know? So, yeah. Okay. And you chose an abstract war. Like I, I, I yeah. couldn't help. I, I, it's so vivid. The storytelling here, the soundscapes are, are, are also. There's a visceral reaction I have to each song in terms of the music. Mm. That I see, I hear the, I feel like I'm in the desert. I feel like cool. I'm in the story, and I can't help but jump to 
different parts of the world, frankly, cool. Cool. which is good. Yeah. But I also, it's at the same time, there's an interesting lack of specificity. Like, yeah. You're not naming a place necessarily. Yeah. But, yeah. But you were inspired probably by stories you've read about. I think that's probably where the picture came into my mind. I actually wasn't picturing a specific place, but I did see a desert. A desert. Yeah. Okay. Which, yeah, it's, which to me probably has a lot of of meanings maybe even like environmental or something yeah. like that you know well yes water is and land and yeah that's all in here mm-hmm. and we're heading it's weird man i have kids it's strange yeah i, I got <laughs> to contemplate the future this way yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, it is it is and where is the hope in it and how how possible is peace you know yeah and how do you instill values into your use again i'm jumping ahead because there's all sorts of like issues of masculinity and how things are totally. passed, how messaging is passed down to totally particularly young boys these mm-hmm. days. And mm-hmm. anyway, why don't we, I appreciate that insight. Cool. I think we should get into the songs. Let's do it. And talk about them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first song is, uh, there's an introduction. And, yeah. And then the song is Sniper, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to say about Sniper exactly? Sniper is to me, one of the characters that I saw fighting in this story mm-hmm. and right and it's probably the most interesting character to me in the story because the parallels i saw to our world you know a sniper is relatively safe in a in a war scenario you oh. know what i mean they're not on the ground they're, they're kind of isolated they're, they're they're hidden yeah they're elevated they get the perspective they're not as close to the violence and the suffering. That's fascinating. They're yeah. a little bit further away. And so I saw all these parallels to like, you know, people are more elevated in society. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that I guess I can say we don't have to be so close to the suffering. And we participate in the violence, but in a way that's removed. Oh, that's fascinating in itself. So that's kind of the parallel that I saw. Yeah. So with that song, I was trying to immerse people in the story world but also bring out some of these parallels so it's not just fictional that you're hearing you're also hearing some of these ideas about a kind of violence i guess yeah but it sounds like you're also talking about just like the fact that uh, distance doesn't Mm -hmm. preclude complicity totally 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 i mean for example yeah like yeah let's take our td bank accounts for example right Yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean and uh, so, you know, we're, we're funding pipelines, we're funding military, uh, you know, companies, so on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but we're not doing the kind of violence that people consider, you know, real violence. We don't think we're doing violence we're doing, maybe. Exactly. Yes. Okay, that's cheery. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you do your earlier, you know suggestion like where's the hope like it's, it gets confusing we try to some of us try to live ethical lives yes yes but you're right i would hope that this isn't a mind-blowing concept that we're all complicit in such things mm-hmm. but you ruined my day you basically <laughs> no i'm just kidding i'm, I'm kidding there is yeah. a, a line or two here that i want to ask you about sure that's where bodies lay mm-hmm. that's where bones are found you got to own the ground who controls the ground yeah who controls the ground is fascinating mm-hmm. these days I think lots of people are uh, talking about real estate, the yeah. lack of land, the lack of space for people. Is that what you were getting at? That's totally something I was going for with yeah. that. You know what I mean? That was that's definitely a, a, a metaphor that's there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like because ultimately, absolutely. most wars are fought for okay. land, land exactly, <laughs> and who owns the land? And yeah, who has the right to the land? Totally. 
Totally. And that's a hundred percent attention that we, you know, even feel here in, you know, in North America, yeah. in Toronto and, you know, absolutely on a smaller scale, but on, yes, in, in, a, well, it's in, not a, in a different, in a different way. Right. Like there yeah. is a sort of like war in a sense for land and it's happening here too. Yeah. And people feel that and they feel the violence of it. And it induces an anxiety yes. for a certain group of people, uh, most people, and it actually has a ripple effect on everyone, frankly. Totally. So, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this is where we this is where we start. This is where we start. This is where we start. What do you want to say about the music? Yeah, the music uh, evolved with a, a friend of mine that I that I grew up with, and actually, the first kind of musical idea I had was Leonard Cohen. You know, all I've ever known of love is how to shoot at someone who outdrew you. Right. You know, that was kind of my first musical idea. So actually, if you listen to the chords in it, it kind of follows the chorus of that song. It's like the same, really? the same bass chords. But that's just because that's the first idea I had. We had to put something down, you know, musically. But <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, it's it's intense and it's like, I think it's kind of, it's pretty minimal. And yeah, just try to get people into the story. <laughs> Yeah, so I wrote this poem about about clever men and our violence. And uh, it starts out with this young boy that wakes up on a desert floor. And all around him are the sights and the sounds of war. Soon he learned that the whole world was a desert. And in fact, the whole world was at war. Everyone frightened to their core. And so he trained and became a sniper. Eventually climbing to the top. Okay, let's move on to the next song. And then this one seems a little complicated. It's The Revolution slash The Establishment. This was a tough one for me, but yeah, I kind of wanted to introduce some of these other factions I was seeing in my imagination that were fighting, you know? So uh, there's an establishment. There's people that are kind of invested in the war as it is. And well, why don't I start with the with the? No, I have to start with them first. The revolution. I could start with the revolution first. I, yeah, that's the chronological order. The chronological. So why don't I go there? Why don't <laughs> sure, I go in sure, chronological sure. order? <laughs> I was trying to describe some of these factions that I was seeing, you know, and some of them were, you know, revolutionaries. They saw themselves as kind of opposing the larger military forces that were around. Military industrial complex is certainly addressed here. Totally, totally. War is business. War is business. Hundred percent. Yeah. And so I was, I was kind of just seeing them in my mind. I was seeing their anger, I was seeing their rationale for violence, and I was kind of trying to describe that. And again, trying to weave it, like trying to immerse people in the story, but weave in elements that they can relate to from our world, you know, so that it it feels like there's some stakes at the same time. Right. And I think that there are a lot. There's a lot in there where. Yeah, I mean, you can draw you can draw connections to the military industrial complex. You can draw connections to yeah. I, I feel like you're there's a bit of calling out going on mm-hmm. throughout this record of complicity and 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 people's sort of understanding of their role in some of these things. Yeah. So I think there's some critique of neoliberalism. There's mm-hmm. a critique of just how these things seem to happen, mm-hmm. and I think maybe just the way. A progressive person, like say myself, mm-hmm. thinks uh, solutions can occur. You know, yeah. I mean, they say war just makes war, but mm-hmm. then they force us when state forces all aim for us. There's mm-hmm. this sense of like being caught in the middle of 
uh, military industrial complex mm-hmm. and progressive solutions to mm-hmm. these com- problems. And like, we're just, we're in it though. Yeah. We're yeah. in the middle of it. Like we're experiencing it. You can talk about it all you want uh-huh. and debate about it. Are you getting to that a little totally, bit? Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You know, like there's, there's, cause in my, in my mind, this group was they're they're in it. They're, you know, yeah, they're violently opposing this, this tyranny, mm-hmm. you know, and they have a clear rationale and it, and it makes sense, but it also feels a little bleak maybe yeah also feels uh well it feels real it, it feels, feels real. like a news report yeah and then uh then there's pr spin mm-hmm. i think in the second half exactly uh, before we get to the establishment which I, i'm separating these sure. verses as the revolution and the establishment before we get to the second half of the song uh talk about your delivery on the revolution yeah there, there are, are approaches to rapping here uh-huh. there are flow there's just things you're doing here that I've not heard you do. Mm-hmm. I can picture you in the booth on this song, kind of going, yeah. going for it. And there's yeah. a lot of it's it's recorded in a sense where the impact is sort of uh, muddied. But I can hear you screaming more on this record. Mm-hmm. Anyway, can you talk about your yeah, yeah, totally. Delivery? So that you know that one in the first half of that song, yeah, I'm going, I'm going hard. I was imagining somebody uh, almost at a megaphone or something trying to rally the troops and just. And really getting lost in the emotion, getting lost in the anger at points. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's totally what I was going for. It took a lot of takes because you know me. That's not my everyday <laughs> No, it's mode. not. No. It really, it really isn't. So it took a lot of takes. It took a lot of really focusing on this thing that I imagined, this p- character that I imagined. And that's what I was picturing is someone at a megaphone you know, in this desert, really trying to rally the troops, yeah. literally, uh, to fight the, you know, one of the bigger, more organized, more well-funded armies. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I made a note here, and you can, I, I don't know why, mm. musically, the first half reminded me a little bit of LP, a little bit of Run the Jewels. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Is there something going on there? Yeah, definitely. I told my friend, this is my friend Matthew that did that beat too. I said, I didn't say run the jewels, but I said kind of minimal. Yeah. It's got to be minimal. It's got to be kind of funky though, but like minimal, yeah. which is LP's aesthetic, sure. I guess. Yeah. A little bit. And uh, yeah, because I got I to spaz out for a minute. You spazzed out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I think we mm-hmm. can move on to the establishment, mm-hmm. uh, which has a totally different feel, mm-hmm. a rosier feel. Yeah. Kind of... Reminded me more of like an Eminem, like yeah. Dr. Dre kind of, yeah. like dark but light, yeah, light atmosphere. Yeah. Um, talk about the establishment. Yeah, so that's totally what we were referencing musically for that <laughs> part too, and yeah, and in terms of approach too, kind of like this darkly comic thing. So yeah, so I was imagining the other side of that argument. You know, the more established army, the bigger, more well-funded war machine, and. And this this rationale that I feel like is is very real and and relatable, actually, you know, I mean, I I put it in a way that's kind of like darkly comic. But yeah, there's some lines in there where I say, uh, look, we all make our decisions. We all have to make a living and you make yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they're saying we don't make war, you know, which I'm sure I mean, we all say that, too. You know, like, no, it's not. It existed before. We don't make war. It but it's spin. Before. It's messaging. It's, yes, totally. It's totally. just like bureaucratic PR. It is. Yeah. It's like, hey, we don't. Yeah. You're wrong. You know, yeah. like, yeah. and but the facts don't 
the yeah. fact no <laughs> no no uh but there but there is a line of thinking there that you can follow you know yeah at the same time but yeah it's it's and that's what i was imagining too was was a press conference type of scenario do you think that this i mean it does I, we know we've been living on this planet a long time we know that money is money and mm-hmm. money is what makes the world go round for certain people mm-hmm. is this what you're getting at like do you think like if we actually step back from all the acrimony, mm-hmm. you've talked about land already. Is it capitalism? Is it is it money? Is it is it really just is money power? Is that what the wars are really about? I mean, that's I, a I huge don't know. Question, yeah, obviously, yeah. But, but yeah, I think that that's part of what what came out a lot. You know what I mean? I do think about like I was saying. I do think about violence in this broad sense of like economic violence is a big part of violence. It's a big driver. You know, but there's lots of excuses. Like yeah. it, it existed before, and why would I or anybody try to make war- more for shame? There's this kind of like it's not our fault. Yes, yes. It's just a lot of like that's the way the world is. People have money. Some people don't. Some people are in war. Some people aren't. Mm-hmm. Like that's a weird, strange attitude that we've all complicitly accepted. Exactly. exactly. Oh, I guess that's just what it's like over there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I can see where you're. So are you frustrated in this song? Yeah, this song was like, I'm trying to explain these these characters that I was seeing and explain the parallels. And it has everything to do with all that stuff, money and all these different kinds of rationales. And yeah, it's still at this point in the album, it's still bleak. It's still frustrating. Yeah. I'm, you know, when I think of those first two songs and how the album starts, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm frustrated. There's no solution in sight. Right. Not even close. Right. Yeah. Wars create wars, they have lots and they take more from the have nots. They'll take yours, they make borders, they hate foreigners, they hate life, they take life, they take rights and it ain't right, but they don't play it, don't play fight. Then they play dumb and can't play nice when they cake and we stay poor. See, they snakes, we hate war, we hate war, they hate peace, so we make war and I make peace. That's a great war we were made for, we were not made to just lay dormant, they stay on top, they pay the cops, they take office, they make laws and then say stop. Say war just makes war, but then they forces when they forces are lame force. And then they say that they're brave warriors and save yours, but they're fake prophets. They make war because they profit. They make rockets on the all side. The next song up for discussion is the Stone Throwers. Where did the Stone Throwers come from? This one came from my imagination. I'm trying to show you more of these people that I see fighting in this desert. So I called it um, Stone Throwers because I was imagining these people and, you know, that's their main weapon. Mm-hmm. And I kind of say in the intro, you know, going toe to toe in a war zone with only stones to throw. And I saw this parallel right away to like the lowest, weakest, most vulnerable people in a society because their violence to us is the ugliest. You know, seeing someone bludgeoned to death, you know, whatever, like that's beyond most of our imaginations, you know, and that's the kind of violence that we're disgusted by and appalled by and shocked by. But actually, if you look at it differently, they're actually doing the least violence compared to, say, a big army. Yeah. You, you, you know, you, you can't hurt very many people. The only reason why they do that kind of violence is because they don't have more sophisticated weapons. They don't have bigger armies, that sort of thing. But it seems the primitivism seems more savage. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like, it yeah. It's more like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, exactly. We're, we're, if we hear about a drone strike... Yeah. Because we're all 
phone users were like, oh, that's just technology. That's probably wasn't that bad. Exactly. But then you see, yeah, someone was beheaded or something yeah. more archaic. And you're like, oh, exactly. they stone people in that country. They don't know what's going on. Exactly. exactly. And then so there's this classism that goes on with <laughs> yeah. the same brutality is occurring, but it's just less sophisticated. Exactly. Or you could even draw the parallel to, you know, just in this North American context, let's say someone doing some kind of white collar fraud that actually yeah. costs people people billions of dollars ordinary people right. and totally ruins their lives but will be more shocked by some kid holding up a, a store yeah you know for 50 bucks exactly and and you know shooting a couple store clerks you like that we're like that's disgusting but that's that's fear-mongering yeah and i i was going to ask if you know addressing racism uh, in this song in particular, was something that was on your mind. Totally, I yeah. So I guess all that to say, you know, this was the care. This is the, the the person I was imagining in this war zone and the kind of violence they were doing and what that meant and how that reflects back to our world and our context. You know, and a yeah. lot of that is racialized and a lot of that is kind of rooted in racism. The fact that we see that kind of violence as worse, even though it's actually way less violence than a lot of the, the the stuff that is like respectable or yeah you know considered considered worse so there's definitely a racial component to that and uh the voice i was imagining in that song is you know like a kid that is like i got nothing like you know this is this is it this is the story of my violence it's like all i have are these stones and it's all that i've been given and you guys are hypocritical for criticizing my violence uh, when you actually do way, way worse and you, you know. There's an address of that sophistication, mm -hmm. though, too, in terms of like a failure of leadership. They mm -hmm. they starve us, mm -hmm. can't even drink water up north with that Flint water all in the sink, and they sink farther, kids on the brink. Y'all went to Harvard and Stanford, think harder for answers. Mm -hmm. This notion of like, you are equipped to deal with these problems yeah. more than we are. Yeah. Why aren't you doing anything about it? Exactly, exactly. So that's the that's the perspective I was imagining is like, coming from that place of, yes, I'm doing this violence, but you are so hypocritical for criticizing me. You're even equipped to solve it, you know? But you get personal in the mm -hmm. second verse where mm -hmm. you kind of, I feel like you're talking about yourself, mm -hmm. about what your role in this is as well. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? Uh, uh, There's a line yeah. here where I'm lucky I'm stuck in this booth, mm -hmm. stuck here all cooped up. People get stuck up for loot. Like mm -hmm. you're kind of addressing your, mm -hmm. you know, you live a luxurious life compared to some people, yeah, right? Yeah. But you also need to deal with this. And yeah. you're, I think you also... There's a line here. Now people either get loud or they shut up and shoot. Give mm. us a shot. I don't know. I think you're also aware that you represent a certain community. Yeah. And people yeah. look up to you yeah. as a leader. Mm -hmm. So that's complicated as well. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to weave my... It was hard because I'm imagining this world. I'm trying to represent this world on an album. But I do want to weave myself into it a little bit. Yeah. And I think... This was one of the songs where, yeah, I'm trying to speak for a community that I represent, but also, you know, represent myself truly within that story. So, yeah, this is this is one of my favorite songs. I it's think. amazing. And, and I mean, it really feels like it's like I say, it's self-conscious, I mm -hmm. think. And it's also looking at the world from a broader perspective and recognizing that some people who had on some level, I mean, they don't have the opportunities you have. Mm -hmm have had mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I mean, they're kind of outlined in a lot of ways in these songs, but like you realize like you could have, it could, this could be you, mm -hmm. I think more so than yeah. maybe some other songs. 
and yeah, and there's more war here. And there's mm-hmm. a war zone going on. This is this is still from the perspective of a war zone. Totally. So we're still in war. Is there? Yeah. Did we talk about this beat? What's going on on this? Beat? Yeah, yeah. I made this one with uh, my my DJ Tilo. Ah, oh, Tilo. Yeah, I made this one with Tilo, and um, we were kind of chopping up this sample at first, and then put some chords under it, and it just it had the right emotion to me. Yeah. It was like intense, but it also had this sadness to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's time to move on to the next song on the album. How, yeah. how are you feeling? I'm just, I'm excited to talk about these songs. You know, there's a lot yeah. there. So one of the recurring mm-hmm. uh, motifs here, if it is indeed the same character, I don't mm-hmm. know, but the fool. Yeah. The notion of a story having a fool. Yeah. We begin with the fool part one, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe is subtitled, uh, Get It, Got It Good. Mm-hmm. Talk about the fool. The fool. So... Uh, I have a little intro for this character who, within all this violence, just like doesn't believe in that bullets can kill you. Like just doesn't believe, like doesn't understand why everyone's running around and they're afraid, you know? Yeah. So the whole world was at war. A young boy became one of the snipers. And there were the revolutionaries and the establishment and the stone throwers and other factions clashing and... And then there was this one fearless, foolish guy that just didn't believe in the power of bullets. He just didn't believe that they had the power to take a life. And so he just walked around with no weapon. And so, again, it's a situation where I just saw this character and then I started to see some parallels. And I guess the thing I take away from that character that I'm left thinking about is this idea that maybe peacefulness requires like a really radical shift in your thinking where you don't believe in violence almost or something it's left me thinking about that you know that maybe peacefulness like requires even more than we think it requires just a a radical imagination almost about everything well but i called him the fool maybe he's also an idiot (laughs) i don't know get it got it good Uh, get it got it good there's a few lines in here that I, I want to get to because I think a lot of discord war comes from I'm right, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. ostensibly what war is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. same issue, same piece tract of land, same religious belief or whatever. I'm right, you're wrong. They can't kill us because they can't see us because they only see fear. So this notion of a fear of the other or fear, whatever the other is. It could be that you look exactly the same, but there's just fear of this other person's perspective being more correct than yours and you'd want to prove them wrong. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. And then uh, you're talking about your mother uh, or your mm-hmm. rap, the character, yeah. whoever this is, is talking yeah. about their, their mother. Lord knows she's been through it. She said a human is not who the villain is. She said it's fear. Fear. 
It's greed and it's pride, you see it inside That's what the system is built on and what it instills in us Now I've been feeling this vibe Honestly, the haters can hate She said a human is not who the villain is She said it's fear, it's greed, and it's pride, you see it inside can you talk about sure. these things? Because I, I just want to hear what your perspective is on Yeah, that. you know, so I guess this character made me think a lot about that stuff and and that's it. That's That to me is almost the hope in the whole scenario. Right. You know, this person that through their kind of radical imagination or maybe their naivete or whatever, they have this perspective that, why are you afraid of a person? Yes. A person is not the enemy. The enemy is the fear. It's the greed. It's the pride. You but know, but is it your own? Is that your own yeah. at, your your own connection to those attributes, or is it yeah. their connection? Like that's what I'm confused. Yeah, about I guess to me it is, and I say yeah, you see it inside. So there is something about empathy there. You know fear, right? You know greed, right? You know pride, right? Yeah. Well, so that's where it starts to, and I think ultimately, and I say this. At the end, you know, the song, the, the album's kind of about this interior war yeah. with all these different factions because, you know, if if you don't feel that fear, if you don't obey that greedy impulse or that prideful impulse, maybe the violence does disappear. Maybe the violence isn't real yeah. in, a, in a sense, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's, you know, that's what that's about. And I guess that is, you know, also weaving myself into this. I mean, my... My mom has a pretty radical story of forgiveness in her life. My family's from Rwanda and she lost siblings in the yeah. in the genocide and and she's talked about that. She's talked about forgiveness and how important that is and uh yeah, so there's something there in about disarming yourself. Self-awareness I think is a key aspect of this record. Yeah. That can be a difficult point to get to. Because I think a lot of people, I am just on the cusp of figuring that out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. This notion of like everything you do impacts everyone else and you have to be conscious of that. Mm -hmm. You can't just walk around thinking you're right all the time yeah, yeah. and not listening to other people. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that seems to be something that's conveyed here. And and I mean, this chorus, get it, got it, good. I mean, that's positive. But oh, is the, song it is like, the song is like super positive fun you know trying to convey that tone almost to the point where you don't know if it's naive you know ah uh, right like that's cool, right. yeah that's kind of like what the tone i feel like is of the song get it got a good just kind of like occurred to me when the beat came on it just sort of like was this chorus that <laughs> they kind of felt right but there's something about it too that's that's fun and maybe naive and maybe a little bit obnoxious like i'd imagine this character would huh. maybe be a little right. a little bit obnoxious right. too potentially like maybe he would annoy you i don't know right but uh also i think he says a lot of things that make sense yeah like the other characters do too but i think yeah you know um there's definitely a message in that song of like of, of empathy of forgiveness of you know, the wisdom of those things. And, and yeah, it starts out with this idea of what's at bottom here with all this violence is fear and greed and pride. Within yourself. Within yourself. It's the same fear and greed and pride that's in yourself. Yes. Yes. This, yes. <laughs> the outro, you see yeah. the truth is bulletproof. Want to be free. Answer one question, but answer honestly. What are you afraid of? These questions are important. Mm -hmm. What are we actually afraid of if this happens? Yeah. And that's something I deal with too. 
now yes. like I, I on a microcosmic level totally. with having kids like, yeah. I, I can't help but say it and, and and also just dealing with anxiety about life like yeah. what am i afraid of it's such an important question to ask yourself you but know? we we have these lizard brains though we yeah. have fight or flight yeah and when we're in fear we fight or we run and often we fight and it doesn't lead to anything good yeah we never stop to really ask the question yes because we're afraid of the question yes exactly we're afraid of the question that yeah. is well put okay mm -hmm. uh the beat do you want to talk about yeah the beat, the beat on rick notes uh who i just think is amazing I, i've worked with him like almost my whole career yeah and he's just one of these guys that when i'm working on an album and i you know get always ask him to hear some tracks and he just gets better and better and he was always amazing yeah yeah he's a guy i think that should be working with the best in the world. He's <laughs> well, amazing. he is. He's working with you, if I might say. Thank and, you. But yeah, I see what you're saying. World, yeah. World-class person. Totally. World-class artist. I mean, you have this difficult task on this record of conveying these heavy and interesting ideas. Mm -hmm. You have to have the right soundscapes. Totally. I think it works. Thank you. But you have to be, I imagine that was tricky. Yeah, it's, it's super, super tricky. Because yeah. yeah, I want to make people feel things and think things, you know, but it's music, so I want them to feel them First. Yeah. 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 Okay, I think we should move on to the song Magic. Do you, have, do you have things you want to say about Magic? Yeah, so the way I saw the song, first of all, in the context of this, the story of the album was kind of like this myth about how the war all started because I think it's true of our world too. We just kind of arrive here. We wake up here, so to speak. Hmm. And it's like, this is how it is. And you're like, hmm, okay. Well, <laughs> that kind of sucks, you know? Huh. But then we have ideas about how we got here, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and how we got to this situation. And so this is a song, actually, I tried to write it for, for a while, and then it finally came together. It's kind of a complicated idea, but this metaphor of magic, this metaphor of making things disappear, and people don't know how. And also... What I tried to convey, I don't know if it came across, but I also like this idea of making things disappear and then also making people forget that it ever was there. Erasure. Erasure. It's not a disappearing act. It's mm -hmm. full-on erasure. Erasure. So, and to me, I saw that as like this, this magic thing, like, like evil magic. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, I bet you I can make your watch disappear, but also I'm going to make your memory of having a watch disappear. So that's what I, I'm trying to get at. Yeah, there's a there's a part of the first verse here. Like magic, poof, gone is our land, our language, our history, ancestry, family, vanished like it was magic. We have a consciousness of such matters in Canada more so, I think, in the last few years than we ever have. Yeah. Has that impacted you? Totally, yeah, totally. And I think that that helped me write the song, you know, kind of helped make the... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Metaphor that had been in my brain for a while, just even more vivid. Mm. But yeah, I think the I think the metaphor is pretty clear because I tried to spell it out in those ways of like this is what has happened in our world. It's it's this erasure, and maybe that's part of what's at bottom here in terms of all our violence and is just this incredible forgetfulness, this this incredible erasure that's happened. This like loss of so much, and no one quite knows why. Or how? Well, you you do get to it a little bit here, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, this notion of uh, the way of magicians is in addition to subtraction, they use division, mm-hmm. they use competition, religion. It's all just division, man. All of it's magic. Mm-hmm. I found this fascinating mm-hmm. from you. I have to say, I yeah. think of you as a a deeply uh, spiritual dude. Mm-hmm. I, I know religious. Your religious upbringing is important to you. That's a, a harsh reality to yeah. to deal with as someone who has put their faith in yeah. a religion to realize that, oh, wait a minute, most of these things, because yeah. that's one of the mm-hmm. reasons I, pra- I don't practice a religion, because I realize that, and I don't like borders, and I yeah. don't like countries, and I don't like hockey teams, and yeah. I like the sport. Yeah. I like, you know, I want the Raptors to do well, but I just think all of this stuff is meant to divide us mm-hmm. and pit us against each other. And I think religion is doing a bang-up job of that. Yeah. We are very confused about where we belong, and there's prejudice because of it, and it's not what the original teachings are even meant for, and you're dealing with that. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think that religion should bring us together. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it, it should be all about our connectedness and destroying this illusion that we're separate. Destroying this illusion that like your well-being and my well-being are not intimately connected. Yeah. But instead, it's a lot more about division. It's evil magic, as you say. What is your... I hate to be like, okay, great song. What's the solution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what is your perspective on this? Yeah, you know, again, like to me in the story, the hope is in this fool character's perspective on things that's always this radical rethinking always this radical rethinking of everything objective naivete yeah it's just this radical rethinking of of everything so we'll see it like later in other songs but what is the solution i mean hopefully recovering because as you were saying like i see tremendous value in religion i think it can ground people i think that it can remind people of our connectedness but it can also be used to divide you know and what i liked in that metaphor of division it's like once you divide and divide and divide and divide and divide and divide something's gone yes it vanishes erasure again again, yeah erasure again so so that's a that's a difficult one to solve (laughs) you know 
and it must be a, a source of you know personal uh, introspection for you. Big time, big time. Um, because as I said, I I do see value in in religion in the sense of wow, it can be so grounding, especially now. Like our world now is super confusing mm. and fractured mm-hmm. and isolating socially. Yep. Like going to church or wherever people would go, uh, depending on your religion, like that wasn't radical before. Now I think of it as super radical. You're like, I'm going to put away my phone, my everything. Yeah. I'm going to go be in a community of people that I don't necessarily like or yep. whatever or agree with. And I'm going to like physically and emotionally submit to these rituals that, that connect us and ground us and uh, remind us of our best values that, you know, we've ever come up with as a human race. That's a pretty radical thing to do in a world where you could do anything at any time. Yeah. So I see value in it. All that to say, I see value in it, but we have to have no illusions about what it can do, what it is doing, what it has done in our world. Like it's powerful. It is. It is absolutely. It's kind of like magic, huh? It cause a distraction and poof. All that we have disappears and we clap and forget that it happened. Forgot that we lost it. Forgot that the magic men have it. They grabbed it. They stole it. They cause a distraction. Distraction, distraction. Wow. It's all a distraction. Imagine. Like magic. Poof. Gone is our land, our language, our history, ancestry, families. Vanished like it was magic. Poof. Gone is our greatness, our sacred places and practices. Suddenly we feel vacant. We saw him take it though. <laughs> our hands lift from the earth, the dirt, from the food, remove, rezone, reduce, reduce, to reduce, to reduce. The music on this uh, song, what do you want to say about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So that's Toolman from a tribe called Red, incredible producer, and he did that. He did that track. And Lido Pimienta sings on it. I was wondering, oh yeah, I had a note about that female yeah. voice. Yeah, I was wondering who yeah. that was. Yeah. And she did such a good job because she brought, I mean, she just got such an amazing voice yeah. and an amazing sense of melody. But then also she has this character to her voice. It's so emotional. And she kind of brought this sadness to it. That was, I think, exactly the balance that I needed for that song to feel right because I didn't want it to drag. I wanted to to have some weight and... Uh, I think she really, really helped the song. Yeah, it's lovely. It's sort of minimal in a weird way. Yeah. It's sort of there and it mm-hmm. creates this atmosphere for sure. Well, it's great. Cool. Thank it's you. Really cool. Visuals divisible to the point where invisible. Gone into ghettos and armies and prisons. We won't be missed. They easily dismiss. They dissolve if you give them munitions and arrest they condition and kill by attrition. All of it's magic. Devil and his magic. All right, uh, if you're okay to move on, let's do it. I think we need to return to the fool. Although I must ask, have we ever yeah. left the fool? Was the fool part of the magic song? Not really, but I, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I guess that song was kind of <laughs> like in my voice. I guess. Yes. Okay. We're back to a character. Now here. we're back to a character. To me, this is the fool part two. Mm-hmm. Water. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are thinking about water. Water is going to be a big 
it is already a big deal. Mm-hmm. People are running out of water. Water is being contaminated. What's going on on this song from your perspective? Yeah, so this is another one to me that's like quite layered. So it starts again with the fool with this radical thinking about things. So mm-hmm. he says, you know, they're all at war over land. But the truth is in the water, like mm-hmm. water is the valuable thing. And so so then there's these verses about water and then water t- takes on a metaphorical meaning. But there's also always this like environmental, you know, thing there, yeah. too. But to me, it's again, it's like it's it's metaphorical. It's almost like, again, the fool's talking about this internal life and sort of like peace and within within oneself. You know, I think that's a lot of what the metaphor is, is water representing that representing life within yourself. Yeah, but we we need water. Water is a sustaining force. It's also going to end us. Mm -hmm. The more water there is. Do you have a conflicting? I mean, it's sorry. Yeah. I don't mean this. Of course, it's probably impossible to have a uh, conflicted relationship with water. Yeah, yeah. But we are uh, facing a lot of issues around water totally. on two fronts, at least. Yeah. The running out of water that we need to survive and, and consume, and then water levels rising. Yeah. So is the fool messing with that a little bit? Is he? I think I think he's almost drawing attention to that, like yeah. like water, people, water. Like you're all fighting over land, water. Yeah, that's the important thing, right? Um, so to me, there's like that message environmentally, but then also like the metaphor I think in the song of water is about again about how crucial that is to life, you right? Know? And this water within oneself. So I guess yeah, like are we taking care of water? Literally, and also the sort of water within ourselves, right? The 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 life within ourselves, the potential for peace, the peace within ourselves. Hmm. So that's all happening. Okay, so there's the political aspect, there's the social aspect, there's the environmental aspect. Water mm. is worth talking about. Yes, but there's also questions about uh, mm. what is the water worth and how does the water work. Mm-hmm. And I think. Maybe you would just explain that on some level. Well, yeah, I mean, the chorus to me, that was also the meta, that was the image that I saw that was like metaphorical. It was like when you look at the water, you see your reflection and also you see the way that the water is moving. So, again, to me, there was like this spiritual metaphor of like about, about clarity within oneself in order to get a sense of who you are, your reflection, you know, yeah. and also to get a sense of the current, the way the world is moving and do you want to move in that direction or do you want to swim against the current? That requires reflection, literally. It yeah. requires clarity. It requires, again, water always has all these metaphors for it, but I think it is, it comes down to life sure. and peace, you know, within yourself, but also, yeah, in the context of our world and in the context of war, it's like war so often has to do with land and a lot of our conversations are about land and I mean, there's also, you mentioned land, I mean, in the outro, but somehow thirst for water became a thirst for land. Land and water, obviously, uh, yeah. forever interconnected. What were you trying to say there exactly? Yeah, so that was my way of... Man, we'd kill for some land. It's kind of like yeah. we're not taking... We're, it's almost like we have taken water for granted. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like it's force, yeah. it's power. Yes, yes. And then it... So, yeah, so then again, I'm playing with these different like worlds of water in the real world and water in the spiritual sense, Mm. right? And we trade these things that give us peace for greed, Mm. 
for fear, right? For for pride, right? You know, and then I say, yeah. So now there's a, a desert within, right? Know? Right. Okay, yeah. that's fair. I think there's yeah. a lot there. Yeah, uh, uh, need people need to sink into that one to to figure it out. In terms of the music of yeah, that's about that's a rich kid kind of soulful track. Um, yeah. And I think he worked on that with DJ Khalil, who's down in L.A. Okay. And Stephen Mulcair sings on it. So it it has, to me, like the soulful, rich kid feel to it. And then a lot of repetition and discussion about water and, and all the different metaphors that are there. But yeah, I tried to, I wanted it to have a soulful, kind of bouncy feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. Became thirst for land. We move on to an interlude, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? The sniper interlude? Yeah. What is going on in the sniper interlude? Yeah, so I wanted to bring that character back. This is another like Rick's, Rick Notes track. And when you know I threw it on, I, I wasn't really rapping. I was like, I kind of started singing this, this melody. And the lyrics um, are kind of sparse. I remember 17 when I was driving home. I realize to be a man is to be alone Drive That's when I learned to drive So this is you singing. That's me singing, yeah. It's very good singing. Thank you. I was like, who is this? I couldn't figure it okay. out for a moment. Like, yeah. I, it's by the second time through, I'm like, oh, no, that's Shat. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, for people who don't know, you are you sing. You yeah. o- you often sing. We yeah. talked about your boy Tony Braxton, but you yeah. sing in your yeah sometimes. I do. I do yeah. sometimes. And so that's what kind of, like, came to me was, was singing and getting into the psychology of violence a little bit. Mm. I like those lyrics. They're poignant to me about the psychology and the, and how they they come from like this young age. So I say in the song, um, I, remember, I this. Yeah. I, sorry, I I'm, I'm struck by it too, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but mm-hmm. I think you and I were going to say the same thing. I mm-hmm. remember 17 when I was driving home. I realized to be a man is to be alone. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were going to say? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. very powerful, mm-hmm. and it's, mm-hmm. it's quite a quite a realization to make when you were 17. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, and I think what I was speaking to is these ideas that we get taught in our society. It's about independence. You know, being a man is like, you get taught it's about independence, self-reliance. And, you know, I used learning how to drive as part of that yeah. journey that we all are initiated into culturally. This is part of your independence and your self-reliance and being alone, you know yeah like this journey towards that can easily take you towards loneliness like and i think it does so often in our society we get you you start to it starts benign enough with just getting a driver's license but then it becomes this message of you always have to be self-reliant you always have to be independent that's what it is to be a man and it you know and that can lead to dark places well, seventeen, eighteen, you're mm-hmm. losing your innocence. Mm-hmm. You're entering a whole new phase of life, and in this, that's for everyone. Mm-hmm. 
in this particular case for the sniper, then I awoke on the chapel floor, mm-hmm. wiped my tears, and grabbed my wi- rifle by the chapel door mm-hmm. and walked back on the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so this was this, um, to me, it's like a poignant moment that I imagined where the sniper, so from his vantage point, again, he can see all these different groups fighting, and he also sees the fool, and I imagine him very interested yeah. in this fool character, yeah. Yeah. and even sympathetic towards him, and so that in that outro to that interlude, he says, yeah, I had a dream that I climbed down from this so-called high ground, yeah. you know, but then I woke on the chapel floor and I grabbed my rifle by the chapel door and headed back on the street. Like he can't quite bring himself to disarm himself, mm-hmm. even though he's sympathetic to it, mm-hmm. even though he has this own understanding of his psychology and why he is where he is and why he does what he does. Right. He can't quite bring himself to get on board with the fool's philosophy. Right. Right. Um, right. Right. So that's where I, where I saw that and, it was poignant to me. It, it it really is. It's a it's a different moment on the record. It mm. just shifts the record in some ways. Yeah. In kind of the late stages, and I find that that fascinating. Did you talk cool. about the music already? Yeah. So that's another Rick Notes uh, production. He's so creative with like these weird lo-fi sounds that somehow come together and make mm. something kind of beautiful and melancholy. And so I think that's why I felt compelled to sing on it yeah i feel like you, i feel like you alluded to that he yeah. the, the beat came on and you didn't you found you weren't rapping yeah you yeah. felt like you needed to sing it yeah okay uh peace war mm-hmm. is the next tune mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah peace war to me i see it as like the culmination of like in a sense of the story and then you get the kind of denouement so there's again kind of two characters that you hear yeah the first one has a very peaceful message you know my whole team moves at light speed but we so smooth the whole movement tai chi and you know we strike back with their force yeah it's about peace it's like this philosophy of peace through that we, song. we strike back with their force. They fight. We get more strength like Air Force, no Nikes. I mean, no Air Force, more like peace, soul, body, and psyche. Yeah, yeah. Again, so it's like this character of peace. And then... Just so people realize, I'm reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't... I did, that wasn't off the top of my <laughs> head. I don't know Shad's song better than Shad knows it. I just want to help. <laughs> no, that's good. No, that does help. That yeah. is the kind of core. That's the kind of chorus that comes back. And yeah. That's, the, that's this philosophy of peace. And then the second character that comes in that's like i don't want to say it's my favorite but it might be my favorite part in the album because it's a compelling logic to me and it's like a difficult argument to overcome this idea so that war character says we know life we being war you know we know life and its sacredness we know life because we've taken it exactly you know yeah you and so saying to this naive philosophy of peace you don't understand life you don't understand life because you don't understand taking a life you don't understand the fullness of the experience you don't understand you don't understand what violence is like you can't know life without death we know war we know best we know life and its sacredness we know life because we've taken it yeah that is mm-hmm. do you believe that no <laughs> but it's it's a it's a 
I don't know. I, I it's just it to me. It's like it's worth articulating, and it's a powerful. Mm. It's 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 powerful. You know, for someone that that maybe wants to live peacefully, it's like that real strong mocking voice saying, "You are naive. Yeah. You don't understand. Yeah. You think you understand. You don't understand. You don't understand what people go through. You don't understand, and not just not just suffering, but a certain kind of suffering where you've done wrong. Yeah. 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 And so that's kind of, to me, it's like the culmination and the beat is really uh, heavy. My dude, Paul Chin did the beat and it's, it's again, minimal and pretty heavy. The tempo changes, you know, so the second part, the tempo gets faster and uh, the vocal production, Dan Weston, who mixed it, did a great job of like just making the vocal production kind of intense in the second half and just really giving you a sense of the feeling, I think. Yeah, there's a reference in the middle of the song to uh, something the fool said. Yeah, which I found interesting. Yeah, because the fool kind of has this thing where he kind of repeats his. They see people run, so they run. They yeah. see people duck, so they duck. But these bullets aren't real. Want to feel they can't kill us because they can't see us because they only see fear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know these bullets aren't real. Want to feel? Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. that's like this really scary invitation into this like radical philosophy of peace. And yeah, you know, and then the war character says, he, he kind of mockingly says that these bullets aren't real, want to feel. And he says, I want to be numb. Give me the numbers, you know? Right, right, right. I want to be numb. Give me the numbers, which is a thing I think also that is in our world. You know, we don't want to engage emotionally. We don't want that. Yeah. Give me the numbers. Give me the stats. Give me the data. Let me keep this at arm's length. And I think that all that stuff is cool, but we have feelings for a reason. You don't, you don't get the full story through just the data. Yep. You have to actually open up emotionally and receive a whole different kind of information. And uh, that character is like, no, I don't, I don't want to live in that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. There's something to be said about, I think we all, some of us really value how much information we have mm-hmm. access to and how much, how quickly we know things. But I think it also makes us immune. It totally makes us immune. And I think if you investigate it deeper, you go, oh, yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want I don't want to feel that. I I want the soundbite. I want the the blurb quickly on Twitter. That's enough. I get it. Something bad happened. Yeah. I'm not going to invest more than that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a heavy one. I guess the thing I tried to do with it musically is make it feel exciting to listen to. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to sad. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, uh yeah 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 there's a certain when you're telling a story and you've chosen kind of a narrative approach mm-hmm. here you got to keep the story interesting right totally and dynamic and yeah. it's got to be entertaining and exactly. heavy and sad and yeah. happy and yeah you've done a great job with that thank you see the fool said We move on to, I believe, the last appearance of The Fool. Mm-hmm. The Fool Part 3, mm-hmm. Frame of Mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now it's starting to get into the interior world a little bit. So there's some resolution here. 
Yeah. Not necessarily to the to the story in an explicit sense, but to me, there's something in the energy of that song that I hope gives an air of peace and also takes people into the interior world to like reflect a little bit. Yeah. Do you relate most to The Fool on your record? I think to me, The Fool um, represents maybe the best of me. I don't know if I, I think I relate more to the sniper character. I think that The Fool is the the best I have to offer in terms of ideas. Because The Fool represents, I don't want to say it's, it's I, we, I've been skirting around this sort of like, objective naivete mm-hmm. and i don't want to say it's false hope the mm-hmm. fool has a perspective that is inherently hopeful mm-hmm. the sniper's perspective seems inherently realistic mm-hmm. and not necessarily pessimistic just like it is what it is it is it is it is what it is right so you're you aspire to be to philosophically align yourself with the fool yeah but the sniper is your the other side of you. Yeah, to me, the sniper is the one I feel like I relate to. And then the fool to me, sometimes I'll hear some of those lyrics and I'll be like, oh, that's such a good idea. <laughs> you know? Uh, and it came from me. It's so it's cool. Your, they're your lyrics. For yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do feel that, that that makes me go, this is me maybe on my best day or these are the, my best values that I aspire to. Yeah. But on a deep level, I feel like I relate to the sniper character. Right. You know, like I want to see him do the right thing. And I don't know if he can. We've talked a lot about perspectives. Frame of mind, Mm -hmm. I think, alludes to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is that something? Totally. So again, it's like this, this idea of maybe like about the war within and maybe it's about creating peace within. Right. So it, it kind of is bringing that back okay after this kind of like intense escalating peace war battle yeah again bringing us back to the interior world and about peace within oneself and so there's a lot of messages of that yeah and tr- kind of like trying to encourage and that sort of thing yeah yeah i don't have much more to say about it because yeah. it's all it's a, it's a one of the more direct songs in, in a weird way i mm-hmm. think um do you have anything more you want to say yeah about no that's uh one of the ones that yeah i feel like more than a lot of the songs could live on any other of my albums or yeah. something like that yeah yeah um it's got a little pop culture in it like, yeah I, I mean at one point uh you write um at least i said it right when i get the mic can i give it up not to just to give them love not to get a like mm-hmm. so that there's that self-awareness too of like our desperation for affirmation from strangers yeah yeah and how that takes away peace you know like yeah so yeah i guess that song is about the the struggle for peace the kind of war for peace people are Um, giving up uh social media yeah are you on that tip um no but i've never been that deep in it right you keep a distance so i i think i've always kept a little bit of a distance and with this album coming out, I'll probably have to be on it a little bit more. But, <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, but there's certain things. I, I don't know. I just try to keep a clear sense of what I'm doing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my mind, so that there's only 24 hours in a day. I know. I mean, yeah. you got a fam. You know, you know what it's like. It's like, well, I have certain responsibilities in the real world. Yeah, and that doesn't leave a ton of time. Yeah, for life online. But it is. It is getting to the point where I think people are realizing that. A like or not a like, mm-hmm. or a share or not a share, can ruin their day, and that's bad. 
Yes. Like that's really dangerous. Yes. And uh, I'm aware of it too. I'm like, ah, oh, they didn't share the episode. We, yeah. you know, for the show. And yeah. it just gets me down for like, now it's less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three minutes, I'm just like, oh, we, I thought that was a good thing. And then you realize it's not just, it's whatever. People are just whatever. Yeah. And and also it's not important. Yeah. It's, I, I'm more obsessed with the virtual version or relationship with the moment than the nice time I had with someone or whatever. And, and that's crazy. It's, so, it's a difficult thing to yeah. try and negotiate. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like. But that's frame of mind. That's that's frame of mind. 100%. <laughs> 100%. And I, I think this song speaks to that. Did you yeah, want to yeah. say anything about oh, the Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's a Kate Trinata beat. Oh, um, nice. And he's so dope. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Are you friendly with him? Per se? Yeah, a little bit. We've kind of just talked a little bit online and, and met before, but I'm just a huge admirer of his yeah. his work. I think he manages to his just his soul is something that is so awesome. You know, like I Pharrell is really the only other, you know, person yeah. I think of with that kind of soul where like it can they can make music that make you feel like that, you know, make you feel like really good. He keeps popping up on this show. Everyone's yeah. talked about Kate Trinata, and I, I should try to talk to him at some point. Yeah. He sounds fascinating. I mean, I love his music, but yeah. I, I don't know him. I've never talked to him. So yeah. I, or I said hello to him once at, after he won uh, the Polaris Prize, but yeah. never really conversed with him. And then, like I say, he just keeps coming up. So I, I was honored to get to do that track with him. I'm yeah. just a huge, huge admirer of... of uh, what he manages to capture in his music. He's just in his own lane. Like that's yeah. the, it's just so original. It and, is. And it's yeah. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's so original, but has this soul in it that is like, it's just what you want from music. Yeah. Like you want music to feel like that. And it's so hard to do. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, he's unbelievable. We move on to, I believe, the penultimate song on the mm-hmm. record, which is called "Another Year." Yeah, uh, this is a this is a posse track. Yeah, on some level, if yeah. people still use that term, and I thought it had kind of a tribe called Quest vibe to it mm-hmm. musically on some level. What do you want to say about "Another Year"? Yeah, "Another Year." So the beat in there, the track, you know, the the four bar loop, you kind of hear it a couple other times in the album, like on the intro and stuff. So it ends where it started musically. And then the idea behind the song is that this whole war metaphor, it plays out within us and and in our everyday life in very ordinary ways. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, so now I'm trying to take you from now from this imaginary world-ish back very concretely into the real world. Yeah. And... I think it's hope for it's. It, I feel like it's hopeful. This sense of like you have a chance today, now, every day, and every year is a chance to negotiate this stuff, to try and figure this stuff out. So that's what I tried to do with that song. And so I got some voices I trust. You know, Kamau is so thoughtful, and Eternia as well. And the direction I gave them was just go as long as you want, do whatever you want, <laughs> but I want it to be real. 
I want it to be concrete. I want it to be about life every day, what you see, what you feel, um, because I wanted to, I wanted to end there. I wanted to end in the real world again. You say concrete. It, mm. it, uh, there are many allusions in everyone's verses uh, to Toronto, mm-hmm. to life in Toronto. And curiously, the end of the first verse, which is yours, mm. there's this moment where you claim you forgot the last line of your verse. Mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. that in the moment? Did that happen? Uh, yeah, that so a, that actually that nar- happened. Is that a narrative thing? No, so it, it actually just happened in, when I was doing that take of the verse. And I just, I was like, oh, I kind of like it. And then after returning his verse, I was like, well, cool. Like, that's a way I can come back and sum it up. But you doesn't know? she say the same thing? Oh, I, I messed up. I forgot. Like, oh, I feel she? like she does the same thing oh, on her she, verse. Oh, she really? says, uh, I oh. had a thought, but the beat came back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I she, lost it. Found in music. My senses get lost. In- I think she was probably playing off of what, oh, I, what okay, I was okay. doing, maybe. Okay. And then I figured, yeah, so this will be a nice way I can just kind of come back and wrap up the song and kind of wrap up the album. So is it too pseudo-academia yeah. to read anything into this notion of being in a city like Toronto and getting lost in what you're saying? Getting lost in the city, getting because attorney yeah, is yeah. like you know there's subway stops and mm-hmm. all sorts of allusions to just being in the city and 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 just like losing your thought process yeah, is yeah. very common these days. Yeah, totally. Because we multitask and, and it's a problem, frankly. Mm-hmm. So when I heard it, and I heard her do it too, I didn't I didn't really think oh she's nodding. I mean I realized there was a thematic connection, but when you say well she's yeah. probably just playing off what you did, I. Am I wrong to suggest this is a no, song about- no, that actually that actually makes sense to me, like because I really wanted the song to feel like life and to take people back. I imagine people having their headphones on and you can just kind of vibe out and listen to the song and walk around. Yeah. So yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but there is something very real life about losing your train of thought <laughs> yeah. nowadays. You on know? the train, she misses her stops, in fact. Yeah, yeah. Like she literally loses her train of thought, yeah. if I might say. Yeah. So that's that's fascinating in itself. Yeah. And I understand what you're saying about the war within. And do you want to say anything about uh, mm. Kamau's? Yeah, so Kamau, he's so rooted in Toronto and, and his neighborhood, the Esplanade area. So I love that he really rooted it there and was talking about construction and destruction and yeah you know police and life life in toronto but also relationship like i kind of wanted that to be part of that song too because i think all this stuff plays out in relationship you know you were candid about you know your your kids and your parents you know i think that's where this stuff really plays out too yeah we live in a world where we're like we're so engaged in this political conversation i think sometimes we forget that this stuff like plays out in relationships like how are we our life is our relationships more than our political opinions yeah how are we in our relationships um this is a big big important grounding question yeah um especially as it relates to like yeah violence and how we're participating in the world peacefully or violently well, I will say also, I mean, you talk about the war within and mm-hmm. how this song relates to the rest of the record. It This to me is one of the first, I mean, there's moments of, there's lots of wit and mm-hmm. cleverness throughout the record up to this point. Uh, but I, I, I don't often feel like I'm hearing 
your particular voice because mm-hmm. like, you evoc- you're adopting these characters voices this feels like really you yeah like, yeah it starts yeah. to get funny again and like i, I tried to bring that back a little bit you know because you i think pour their hearts out then sit and sip wine from this vine by the way i miss vine yeah <laughs> yeah, like, yeah just like little like oh okay yeah. shad's back yeah, yeah a little bit yeah and, which yeah. i think is fascinating i wanted to make i wanted to do that i wanted to make sure i did that you know like because yes it's a difficult thing to do to try and describe this story in a way that makes it visceral and makes people allow to feel it without disappearing into these characters a little bit. Yeah. And so I was thinking about ways, how can I be true to that, mm-hmm. but at the same time give people enough of me to feel connected? And it's tough to do. Um, so this song was a place where, yeah, you definitely get the full this is me really as an MC, you know, I'm talking about basketball and I'm making little jokes and uh, that's what, a big thing that I love to do, you know, with rap music. And are you, are you rapping about Toronto? As I like yeah. specifically about Toronto? Like- yeah. Yeah. I think again, I was trying to ground it in reality and this is where I live right now. So just, yeah, I, I start with painting this picture, you know, of where I live. I want you to address something here, though. Mm. I wish that I could look you in the eyes and smile without crying. Mm. Funny thing is, I was trying to tell a joke this whole time. I think that I've been trying to say goodbye. Uh-huh. I couldn't help but think in the context of the song that you were talking to Toronto. No, no. I, I, that meant something else to me. I think I was just going somewhere poetically a little bit. That line, I, the funny thing is I was trying to tell a joke this whole time is to me about this impulse like, I kind of didn't want to make this album. Like I kind of wanted to make an album that like made you feel really good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh. Like I kind of, I wanted to give you like this shad. Right. 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 Okay. (laughs) I see now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure that's perfectly clear, but uh, that's sort of what I was getting at within myself, you know, poetically. It's meta. It's metaphorical. Yeah. The funny thing is like I, Funny thing is, I wasn't trying to do this war thing, you know. I was trying to, you know. But the times dictate that these things need to be said. Yeah, it was just the more compelling idea that I had in my mind. I actually recorded a bunch of other songs that are a totally different vibe. But this felt like um, the more meaningful project. So this is what... So that's kind of what that means to me. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That last line, it just came back. It was had snow before snow could rap. That's where I'm at, and I'll rap the track. Still fill a couple joints by him, by the way. Find him in that playlist that I hide away. Okay, what was I trying to say? Yeah, on the inside, been making big strides. Giannis, see the kid fly. Not just making the bucks or the big time, some give time. Pour their hearts out and sit and sip wine from this wine. By the way, I miss mine. Anyways, this I think. Is what it means. We are ready to get to the end of the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. so the last song to me, I almost think of it in my mind is almost like a bonus track. It's like a, um, but it's a song that I actually didn't make exactly for this record, but it came together at the end and I was like, oh, this kind of, this kind of sums everything up, sort of, you know? I think it does work on the record. <laughs> yeah, I'm it like, this kind of, this kind of yeah. sums it all up. Yeah. It's funny how this song came together because actually... This producer I know, uh, Tom, sent me this Yukon Blonde song. Mm-hmm. 
and was like, I didn't tell the guys I was sending you this, but they've been working on this in the studio. Would you want to put a verse on it? And then I got together with Tilo and we ended up just, we ended up, it was super dope, but we ended up chopping it up. Yeah, sure. And uh, sure, sure so I sent it back to Tom. I was like, ah, dude, I'm sorry. Like, we ended up making a song out of it. Right. <laughs> and uh, and I was really hoping that they would be down with letting me use it. And they were like, yeah, it's not going to go on their album. And so they were down with letting me use it. So they're they're essentially co-producers on the track. Okay. Um, yeah. And then the raps kind of came together really quickly because it's just one of those beats that just feels really good. Um, it had this kind of just blaze kind of feel to me, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and really, yeah. So, it, and then the, the verses came together really quick and ended up kind of summing up a lot of the, the things. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, I will allude to a few things here that I highlighted, uh, see, I wield weapons. Why? Cause I feel threatened. Why? Cause they wield weapons. Why? Cause they feel threatened. Yeah. Later you say, and I know men got to do better growing up. I wish we knew better. No excuses. Just saying we reproduce it whenever we reproduce. Cause we don't know how, I mean, there's this yeah. sense of manhood and what power we have as men, as, as people to really, uh, dictate how the world runs, mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. the world spins. And there's a lot of that going on on the record. Yeah, totally, totally. It yeah. ended up kind of summing a lot of that up and back to these ideas of like at bottom, you know, psychologically, emotionally, you know, spiritually, what's going on inside of us? We don't know how, you know, how to express love, accept love. Yeah. Uh, you know, these these things I think about within within myself and whatever messages, you know, I've internalized about what it means to be a man. But there's a a real, because of the music, I think there's a real um, hopeful vibe to this song. I think so too. I think so too. You know, it is, it ends on a, on a hopeful note for sure. And again, I I think you get the Chad you're used to a little bit more. Yo, all my past releases, masterpieces. I'm Master P with his master's thesis. That's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, I think you get you get a little bit of yeah. What I I I love to give people. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what to say. This is the heaviest record I've heard in some time. I it might be your heaviest record. If I think that's probably fair to say. I think so. Congratulations on this thing. Thanks, man, and thanks for talking to me about it. You know, uh, it's it's a lot, and it's stuff that like I'm processing a lot. So I'm really happy to get to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So what's next for you uh, mm. once this record comes out? You hitting the road? Uh, I will uh, hit the road a little bit. Um, I, well, in time, I'll g- I'll get around to going everywhere, but. Yeah. Um, I'm having a kid. Oh, congratulations. Thank Amazing. You. Good Thank for you. you. That's yeah. It's uh, great and not great at the same time. <laughs> you will find yourself yelling for no reason about nothing and then also very tenderly loving children for no reason. Like yeah. You're just like, I love you. And they're like, yeah. yeah, it's fine. I'm just trying to watch TV. Chill. <laughs> but I just want you to know I love you. And I, when I yelled a few days ago, it's not any reflection on you as a person. You just, it's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. When is so, that uh, uh, supposed to happen? Uh, October. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. you've got your hands full. I got my hands full. So, uh, yeah. So all that to say, yeah, I'll be touring, but um, I slowly. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Shad yeah. dad. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Thanks, Good for man. you. Good Thank for you. you. So where can people learn more about this record? Because yeah. uh, Secret City Records, is that the new yes, arrangement? they're going to be putting it out. Yeah. So, um, 
It should be available uh, everywhere, your iTunes, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, my Facebook is facebook.com slash shadk. All my stuff is either slash shadk or slash shadk music. Right. Yeah. Okay. So people will just look for you and they'll figure it out. If you, yeah. Shadk or shadk music will get you everything. Okay. Yeah. Now, if there's one song from this record mm-hmm. that we've been discussing that we yeah. can go out on, yeah, what would you pick? Let's pick... Um, the full part one, like get it, got it, good. Okay. Yeah. Any particular reason why that came to mind? That's my vibe right now. Okay. That's my vibe right now. I feel good. <laughs> you know, this album is like heavy and intense, but like I feel good. Okay. Yeah. All right. This yeah. is brand new music by Shad. Shad, it's uh, always great to speak with you. Thank, Thank you, you for your time and best of luck with everything. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Get it, got it, good. Uh, get it, got it, good. They can't kill us because they can't see us because they only see. Get it, got it, good. They can't kill us because they can't see us because they only see. Get it, got it, good. Damn, it feels good to be back. Damn, it feels good to be black. They keep on killing us. We just keep killing it. Mama said killing is not where the ailing is. Couldn't speak back. Lord knows she been through it. She said a human is not who the villain is. She said it's fear. It's greed and it's pride. You see it inside. That's what the system is built on and what it instills in us. God, I've been feeling this vibe. Honestly, the haters can hate. Just let the creators create and let the creator be judged. I mean, too many mistakes to be grudging. Besides, all of us lost without love. Maybe some never get woke Or tired of staying awake Or party all night Then distraught at the state of the day But what do you make of this way That I'm walking this path that I'm on You made a way for me Hope that my map isn't wrong Nowadays my legs is weak What if my staff isn't strong What if it breaks Uh, who got me Uh, you got me Uh, I know that you got me good Get it, got it We can elevate Stepping up, staring, we escalate Don't try to separate We'll get together and celebrate I can do everything I just don't hesitate I can do anything Allow me to demonstrate I just can't wait I just cannot be me I just can't go back and copy me I just cannot be free I just can't possibly Lessons on lessons Legends on legends on legends Little black boy with a poem That he showed to the reverend Jesus saw Judas and ran up To hug the young brother And dug at the other eleven Like why is this traitor in heaven? It's hell on earth, anywhere love isn't present Wherever he goes, we go together, my brethren Get it?
Deep, deep thanks, as always, to Shad for making time with me, in this case, for the 461st episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on other things, Spotify, YouTube, Audio Boom as well. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. And that is spelled exactly as it sounds, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative, or follow me directly at Vish Khanna. You can listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, around the world at CFRU.ca, or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep the podcast going. Thanks to each and every one of you who has been uh, doing that, uh, has done that, and continue to do that, and are contemplating doing it, please, it's very helpful. Uh, again, patreon.com slash creativecontrol. Uh, thanks again to Pete Stracadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support of the show. Also, my dear friend, Jim Guthrie. Jim! Jim Guthrie. What a, what a swell fellow he is. He lets me use... Uh, the instrumental version of his song, The Rest Is Yet To Come, to end the show each and every week. And you can learn more about him at jimguthrie.org. And uh, last but not least, you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. You made it all this way. That's amazing. Thank you for doing that and for subscribing to the show and, and talking to your friends about the show and maybe telling them to check out the show. That's uh, useful, and I appreciate it very, very much. And uh, that is it. I must go. I must leave you now, but I will be back before you know it. Again, check out Shad's album, A Short Story About a War. It's amazing. He's amazing. You're amazing. Thank you very much. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.